You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockdownSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. So a lot to get to today. Walker, a lot wait, of news wait, breaking wait, here. Wait, wait. We got stuff to talk about? Wait, thought- we, we do, but apparently we have something that breaks more. We have an update, and I have a feeling it's not the update that everyone might assume. Is this a Malik Monk update already? Actually, I have no updates. Uh, I assume that he uh, is loving his new puppy, oh, okay. Bear, but that I was just giving you a little bit of I'm of disoriented. I usually hear that, and I expect Malik Monk news. Um, okay, sorry. So, yes, we do have some breaking news today. A lot to get to. We have some fun player-hater comps. We will get to the 27th best Hornet of all time. But first and foremost, we will lead off with the news of the day that Dwight Howard has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Whoa! Shocker. Dwight Howard, gone, no longer a Charlotte Hornet in this deal. Brooklyn gets Dwight Howard, and in exchange, Charlotte gets Timothy Mozgov. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That Timothy Moskov, the guy that led to the firing of Mitch Kupchak in L.A. So Moskov is now a Hornet. You also get the 2018 45th overall pick. You get the 2021st second rounder. And you get some cash. How much cash? I don't know. But you just dealt some cash in Dwight Howard. But you picked some up in Timothy Moskov. So... I believe that's the seven million dollar trade exception. I, I would, I would, I would, I would agree. So, so let's look into why first before we get the reactions. One, Charlotte, you, th- I mean, so for let's go to the reactions first. So first, when I heard this trade, right as, as soon as I do, I'm doing the show, I'm doing the wake up call, and this news is broken. I'm reading the Woj pot or I'm reading the Woj tweet, and at first, again, I am a little sidetracked I have no I have no clue what's going on I see Timothy Moskov's name I see the blue check mark over Woj to make sure I'm not getting played and I'm not exactly sure how to take all of this new information that is being brought to me and then I looked and it's Dwight Howard that is being sent to the Brooklyn Nets and I'm thinking okay you're getting rid of a contract this is nothing new we have all talked about Borrego's press conference and Mitch Kupchak and how Dwight Howard just didn't fit what they were trying to do it makes a lot of sense that Dwight Howard is no longer a Charlotte Hornet how much sense does it make that they're bringing on Timothy Moskov, a guy who has two more years left on his deal compared to Dwight's one, is making $17 million a year, 34 in all, compared to Dwight's 23 really in all. And also you're getting a couple of second round picks, but Timothy getting that contract, that's the big thing to take note of in return for the Charlotte Hornets. I was disoriented looking at it. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And after assessing it, after having a couple of hours to break this down, I don't think I like this trade. Don't oh. like Timothy Moskov coming Uh-oh. here. I don't like getting rid of Dwight I don't Howard. Like that. I don't. I don't like it. I, I would have had, rather just had played the waiting game with Dwight, allow him to leave. I don't know what's going on in that locker room, but I can tell you this. I, I think this is I'm not surprised that Dwight's gone. I, I'm not I'm not mad that Dwight's no longer Charlotte Hornet. I don't like that Timothy Moskov's contract is now on the books for the Charlotte Hornets. I, I kind of understand why you don't like it because I, initially I didn't like the deal. 
unfortunately for Dwight, he had a decent season, but it came with a ton of flaws to it. I mean, you had that every game now he took, what, 15-footers that would just drive you berserk. He didn't defend beyond 15 feet very well. On top of which, again, you hear all this stuff in the locker room, guys like Brendan Haywood saying he was loathed in that locker room. And to be quite frank, we're talking about a guy that Steve Clifford had no no problem taking shots at towards the end of the tenure and even into the offseason. He was like, look, in no uncertain terms, he basically described Dwight as a problem and a guy that made things worse and didn't make them better. So this was a logical move. You can, But at the same time, I do see what you're talking about financially, where this it may be a bigger deal than we think. That's what it comes down to to me. It's not about letting go of Dwight Howard. I am cool with letting Dwight Howard walk. I don't. I, it's not that I wanted him for the upcoming season because I think he makes them such a, a better basketball team. This is all contractual to me. This is all taking on one of the top five worst contracts in the entire NBA. A guy that's wait, making wait, wait. seventeen who gave million. Him, who gave him that contract? Yeah, exactly. Right. Mitch Kupchak signs Timothy Mozgov to this contract, and now he's back with the Charlotte Hornets, where Mitch Kupchak just so happened to get hired a couple of months ago. Yeah, I love the just sort of I don't give a bleep. <laughs> approach by by Mitch because you know this is coming as soon this, as that phone rings and right, you're and you're given this deal and he doesn't care and and that's I mean whatever you you think about Mitch Kupchak so far he definitely does not care what you think he's going to run this team uh, the way he's he sees fit uh, the other thing about the the contract is it does it does free them up this season because that was a big problem that we talked a lot about they were right up against the luxury tax and that really handcuffs you in terms of what you can what you can do to acquire new talent, this does free up about $8 million for them to make a few moves if they do want to make a playoff run this next season. And here's my problem with that. I get that it frees up about $8 million. I get that they're going to be away from the luxury tax a little bit more, but also I get that it frees up some short-term cap relief. The problem is, is how much is this going to help this team this season? More I, than you think, I think. I I don't. I don't think so. I don't see that. I, look, I, I get some millions of dollars being thrown around to some rotational guys that come in, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be Kemba as long as you keep him on this team. It's going to be Nick Batum. It's going to be MKG still getting a lot of run. It's still going to be Marvin Williams getting a lot of run. I mean, so are are you going to try to get a backup point guard? Okay, sure. How much does that truly affect? A, how much does it truly affect when we've we've seen them try to get a couple of backup point guards, Ramon Sessions, Michael Carter-Williams. It's just these guys that are being sold for a million dollars don't have that big of an effect, at least on a positive side for these teams so far. Walker, it frees up money, but it also frees up responsibility because with Dwight Howard, you have to appease him. You have to give him offense. Even if Mozgov comes in and they, they have to find a bench role for him, there's not as much responsibility that you have to give Mozgov uh, within your offense, so it's going to free some things up for Marvin Williams, for Nick Batum, who I, you know, we've said several times on this show, Nick Batum and and Dwight Howard, they just didn't, they never found a groove, never found a way to play together. There were a lot of comments coming out of that locker room about you know playing for the name on the front of the jersey as opposed to the name on the back of the jersey, and some selfishness that had seeped in to the way they played on the court. I think you're going to free some of that up and you're going to be able to better execute the vision 
that Kupchak and Borrego have for this offense, getting up and down the floor, moving quicker. No, I, I definitely see that point. I absolutely see freeing up some of that responsibility that Dwight Howard has to be fed. So I get all that. Again, it, again, this is all not Dwight Howard-based to me, which I guess it has to factor in because he's the biggest player in this deal. So I get that. My problems with this is taking on the Mozgov contract when you could have just maybe sat tight for one more year and then been off of it altogether. No, so you you're, you don't like the fact that I mean to me this signals that they are going to try to make a playoff run. To me this does not oh, I signal know. the I first domino in a bigger rebuild. Yes, I agree. And I think that's what you're you, you well, would rather just sort of I don't I don't bided s- your time because this is this is the problem that has been the Charlotte Hornets the whole time. Now I don't want to say that I, I'm just ready to go in full bold and uh, full uh, full build re- excuse me full rebuild mode. Right. I, I don't want to go in full tank mode because I get that Philadelphia is kind of an outlier when you've seen the example of the other NBA teams that have tried to tank it does it all depends on you hitting on your draft picks I get that but it also depends Which on you haven't. hitting on they have not and they've had a one time where they essentially kind of did tank when they had a, a few top 10 picks in a row and they just couldn't hit on it Kimba Walker being really the only guy I get all that I get Philadelphia is an outlier at the same time I'm not saying that you had to ship everybody else I just I don't I don't see them being a team that's attaining a seed that's uh, that's higher than a six seed. Like, I still expect a first round exit that they're really not all that competitive in. I, I, and I don't think that matters though. I think making the playoffs, especially in your thirtieth anniversary year. Now, what kind of message would that send if you're going to say, "Okay, we're going to break this all down in the thirtieth anniversary season"? That sends a message of, "Okay, this is a milestone. We don't care. We have the All Star Game coming in." We don't care. We're going to do our plan together. The other thing is, and I want to want to slide back a little bit. Right. I think this trades more about guys like Willie Hernan Gomez than it is about Dwight because Willie Hernan Gomez down the stretch was very very effective as your starting center. He did a lot of the things that Cody did, except he spread the floor just a little bit. He can hit hit that corner three. More importantly, what oh, Doug. I don't think this deal is about Willie Hernan Gomez at all. I think I think it's I think more, it's about Cody. I mean, he played fine. Well, I don't think it's about any one of them. I think Billy Hernan Gomez is a guy that I think is a fine backup. Like yeah, Timothy Moskov is your third is your third string center. Yeah, but especially with Borrego's offensive mindset. I think Cody Zeller is the guy that fits. At the same time, the guy has to stay healthy. No, you can't. You cannot rely on him. So Which, that's why I think it's about it's more about Billy than we think. The problem is though, and again, like if if Mozgov comes in and Billy Hernan Gomez is getting this play, it's still worse. It's still a downgrade for all yeah. the things that were bad with Dwight. I mean, that is a downgrade at that position. In talent, I, I would I would rather have Dwight Howard before I would rather have Billy Hernan Gomez playing that position. If if it's Cody Zeller and Dwight. Fine argument to be made. Actually, probably would rather lean more towards Go- Cody offensively with that kind of game plan that Borrego is going to institute. And in, in, in talent, yes, Walker. But if if you're you're talking about two players in Mozgov and Howard that are both relics of an old NBA, but one in Mozgov that you don't have to give as much responsibility to offensively, you can still run your offense if you place him on the bench. You can't bench. Well, we're not even talking Dwight about Mozgov right now, right? Because Mozgov is going to be benched, and I get you can't bench Dwight Howard. But if we're talking about Hernan Gomez, or we're talking about Zeller, I get all that. So basically, how is this team better? Is this team better right now than it was yes. yesterday? Yes. It, and I just I don't think so. Yes. I disagree. I don't think that this team is better than it was yesterday. Defensively, they can switch now one through five. And I think that's a very important point. Dwight couldn't do that. Dwight couldn't defend past 15 feet. I think that's a big part. Because how many center, How many times did we see stretch centers just sit out there and Dwight would give them all the space in the world 
to shoot those threes and bury them. Teams would go small and kill this team. And I think that's part of the reason why a guy like Billy Hernan Gomez will fit perfectly. But, I, but Billy Hernan Gomez doesn't really defend that well in the perimeter. Like, that's not a guy that's he, all that athletic. He he's not explosive. He's a little bit better. Not, not, not nah, to me. He's a plotter. He's, not he, to me. I mean, yeah, that, guy, that guy is somebody that you put a circle around, and he's not moving really all that far out of the paint. So if you're talking about defensive perimeter, like his perimeter defensive ability, to me, Cody Zeller is the one guy that makes a little bit more sense. But again, you can't rely on him. And it's not like Cody Zeller is a unicorn. He's just not. I mean, we've seen him be be at least heralded as a guy that has worked on his jump shot. We haven't seen it extend to the three-point line yet. And his perimeter or defense. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And, and for really for his perimeter defense, it's not a guy that's going out there and locking up a, a athletic four. And certainly a five he could probably stick with. But even the more athletic fives like... Just the guys that come off the top of my head, not a Myers Leonard, but a Miles Turner. Guys like <laughs> like a Miles Turner, like okay, with, 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 all right. with those kind of guys. I mean, Cody Zeller, he, he ain't playing with those guys up there. No, because he does. He lacks the physicality, and I do understand that. Sure, point. but at the same point, this team was getting killed on, on the perimeter. I do believe that this does make them better defensively. Offensively is yet to be seen. Though. Here, here's what here's a theory I'm willing to subscribe to about how this team is better. That I understand that Dwight could not be sat down. I understand that. I feel like you could have finagled the minutes enough to where maybe no, you just mm-mm, demand. Mm-mm. I think you could have. Mm-mm. If you would have, and you're not sitting Dwight Howard and playing him only 15 minutes a game. But again, well, and, and maybe you can. I mean, look what the Heat did with Hassan. Now you have a situation down there. But again, Hassan Whiteside, it's not, I mean, who cares? You get rid of Dwight and that that's fine. But at the same time, I, I'm willing to subscribe to that theory that perhaps you could not sit him down as much. Also, I'm. I, I also understand that you're taking away some responsibility. You do not upgrade the center position. You are not a more versatile defensive team with Dwight Howard off of this. I, I, I can't Wednesday, subscribe to that. On the Wednesday before the draft, I do agree with you. July sixth, when the new calendar year starts, I think it'll be vastly different. Well, and and if the forty five, if the forty fifth pick turns out to be something, then okay. Like if the forty fifth pick comes out to be a guy that you have a lot of, of of faith in for the future, then all right. I mean, look, I'm not saying that it's going to make this trade all that better, but perhaps it does give you a chance to stockpile one more pick, give you some faith, like you do having a Dwayne Bacon, and then it eases it up a little bit more. But to me, the defensive versatility doesn't change. I don't think the talent. I think the talent goes down. I don't think that they're any better than they were yesterday with this trade they made today. Well, and what's interesting is this trade happened on the exact same day as the trade to acquire <laughs> right. Dwight Howard, and a lot of the reasoning behind that trade is the reasoning that we're talking about now, and it's because the Hornets, starting with the, the deal to acquire Lance and free agency, th- these dominoes have had to keep falling to make up for that event. So Lance turned into Spencer Hawes and Jeremy Lamb, and then Hawes and Hibbert had to be dealt because Hibbert, they, they couldn't turn Hibbert around. That turned into Plumley because they wanted to make the playoffs. Plumley turns into Dwight, and now Dwight turns into Mozgov. So they keep sort of stepping in it because they're trying to win now. And then they yeah. have to do these deals that are problematic that you, again, you can reason, you can see the reasoning behind it, but at the same time, it comes with drawbacks. You know, and, and that's something I, yeah, I'm willing to admit you can see the reasoning behind this. And real quick, we'll, we'll, I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but again, it's the Dwight Howard trade. We got some big news today. We should One, do podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about this Dwight Howard trade that's inter- interesting to me, there's a couple besides the things we just talked about. One, 
Look at the last two trades that Dwight has been yeah. a part of. Atlanta sends him to Charlotte in exchange for Miles Plumley, an awful contract, $12.5 million he's making, Marco Bellinelli, and was there another one? Was it like it was a second-round pick. pick or something? Yeah, second-round yeah, pick. A second-round pick. Marco Bellinelli was shipped immediately to Philadelphia, and Miles Plumley doesn't get any run with nice. Atlanta. So that's the first trade that we've seen from him. The second one now, the best player of the last two trades that he's been traded for is Marco Bellinelli. Nice. Yeah. Is that how devalued Dwight Howard is in this league? Because, and one other thing I will mention is look at the teams that have traded for him. Every single one of these teams that he's been on since Houston have all been linked to Dwight Howard pre-actually making the trade. Brooklyn Nets, they were interested in they were interested in Dwight Howard before he actually ended up yeah. with the Brooklyn Nets. The Charlotte Hornets, just a year prior to the deal that they made last year, they were in talks with Houston for maybe trying to acquire a Dwight Howard. It eventually happened. Atlanta, because it was a hometown team and made a lot of sense, they eventually acquired Dwight Howard. These owners, these groups that are at the leaderboard for the Charlotte Hornet or for these franchise, the, these these front office executives, they get their mind made up that they want Dwight Howard. Then he comes in and gets these rumors floating around in the locker room. And I guess that's just the talent. It's the name that these franchises that have already been linked to him, they want to take a chance on it and see for themselves. They eventually do and then sell the pick for pennies on the dollar. And for Brooklyn, it, it makes complete sense because they are trying to clear the deck as much as possible. So you get to drop Dwight after one season and that money all comes off your books. Or buy him out. Or buy him out. But the thing is, he is, again, I go back to what I said. He is a relic of, of the old NBA in that – He's limited offensively. He can't stretch the floor. And he's limited defensively in that he can't switch. And he's trying to solve one of those problems in in the offense and trying to stretch his game out a little bit. But that demands so much of a team's offense that it really throws a wrench into anything else that they're trying to do. And then defensively, he can't really help you uh, switch one through five. So, that, that, I mean, that's the, that, that's the big deal. And that's why he's so difficult – uh, to you know, put into your plans. Yeah, and then the thing is, it just like I keep bringing up, at some point, this team is going to be this team is better today. I think defensively, offensively, it's still it's still a stretch. I I still like this deal, and you couldn't sit on a nuclear bomb with like a like a leaky warhead in Dwight if you essentially limited his minutes. This allows them to move forward in some kind of direction, right? I mean, this allows them to at least attempt to move the team forward, whereas if you if you keep Dwight, again, you had to then run a, a large portion of your, of your plan through Dwight. At least 30%. I guess this all comes down to basically me wanting to start something new a year later than you guys. And maybe, well, I mean, maybe even, I mean... I don't even know if that's actually 100% accurate because I was down to start something new with different tra- trades. And again, it's not about Dwight, but to me, I, I, I hate I hate that Mozgov's contract is on this team right now because it's not going to be easily sold by them. There's not going to be a lot of people Not for that a are, year at least. No, no, not at all. Not at all. all See right. you guys. <laughs> Catch you on the flippity Bye, flip. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. Get double entries into our contest and access to content before anyone else. 
Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. We'll move off of the Dwight trade news. We'll go to the 27th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. And Doug has the 27th best Charlotte beer. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, I mean, did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay. <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers <laughs> Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot. There. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hot shot Dwight Howard. That's what Brooklyn's got now. They get to live with the elbow jumpers that Dwight Howard gives. That is something I will not miss. No. no I will not miss the Dwight Howard 15-footers. Something I will miss, though, is Dwight Howard. I will miss the personality a little bit. Like, he gave us something to talk about here in the media, man. Like, he gave us some one-liners. From day one. I will will miss the one-liners that he came in here with. That you could always get something kind of cool that he said, or at least something interesting to talk about and go to. That was somewhat fun in that locker room. I go to the White House. I like it, man. I can't. I'm that, sad. I'm I, sad I'm we'll never get that. to play that again. You'll find a way. We'll, we'll, I'm sure and we'll I'll be creative. Be back. <laughs> no, you won't. No. No, you won't be uh, back. That is going to be the sad part of this. No. And Dwight Howard making his rounds. It is, I, I want to see him. I'm interested to hear some of his comments because this is a guy in Dwight who's appeared on the jump twice already this offseason. We still have a long nice. time before we end up going. You know, we still have a long time before we end up in the uh, next regular season. So perhaps Dwight will have some candid comments for us on his move oh, all the way will. to the Brooklyn Nets. He I'll will. be interested in that. That's something I'll be interested in. All right. You want to go with the Hornet this time? We've kind of been alternating which one we go to. So you want to go with the 27th best Charlotte Hornet the, of all time? Again, you hate to do this tra- trade so much, I think we need to start with the beer. Okay, you want to go with the beer? Let me, <laughs> yes, let me let me get some alcohol in my system so I feel a little bit better about this trade. Doug, give me something. What you got? This will, this will numb the pain for you. The 27th best Charlotte beer, according to my list that I stole from Matt McKenzie of Charlotte Magazine, is... Monstro. Now, now Tell us Monstro. About it, Monstro made by Noda. It's available in the fall. Matt McKenzie writes, a whale <laughs> is a beer drinker's slang for a rare beer worth chasing. A whale. Hmm. Now, Noda, now, Noda gave a wink when naming this barrel-aged Russian imperial stout. Wait a minute, Russian? Wait. Is it Mozgov Russian? Hold up. (laughs) The list foretold of this day. My list that I stole from the internet. The list has spoken. Wait, wait, wait. Pop, again, give yourself a pat on the back for that one for your list. Not the one you stole, but again, you curated this list. You poured over this list. Um, Are you familiar, Nada? Have you had that beer before? Absolutely not. Monstro. Available in the fall, so watch out for that one. I'm hoping that I've tried some of these beers before we get to the the top of them. It's a deep list. I mean, you're going to have some deep cuts in here. I I understand. I I wish that I had been... This is like a Prince B-side from like 1981. (laughs) I wish I was somewhat familiar with these. I'm just not, so I need to get my beer drinking game a little bit stronger. All right, now we'll move on to the best Charlotte Hornet of all time. Not the best one, but the 27th best, because that's why you joined this podcast. Only 27 spots away. All right, and for the 27th best Charlotte Hornet of all time, 
It's PJ Brown. Whoa! 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 PJ Brown. Oh my God! Named your 27th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. What are your reactions? Is uh, normally I would I I argued Marvin over Gaddison. Mm-hmm. I can't argue Marvin over PJ Brown. Yeah, and I think now granted you're thinking low. You think PJ maybe a little kind of low? low, but not by much. I want to say probably for me 21, 22. That's still a decent amount up there. I mean, you're putting some guys. You're putting a decent amount of guys ahead of uh, or behind PJ. Yeah. Sneaky great contributor for one of the better Charlotte Hornets teams Absolutely. of all time. Walker, I'm super interested why you selected him <laughs> for 27th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. I appreciate the enthusiasm. So what's interesting when looking at PJ Brown's stats, like you remember PJ Brown. A part of this is just how you kind of remember him as a Charlotte Hornet. That, that factored into Kenny Gaddison as well. Yeah. But PJ Brown is a guy that you kind of look back on and think, man, that was a damn good Charlotte Hornet. Like, I like me some P.J. Brown. Then you look at some of the stats. They don't exactly exhibit what you remember from P.J. Defensively, <laughs> defensively, the guy was actually pretty good. That was his main thing, and he was a guy that started a lot of these games. You look at the games that he started uh, with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, he played, I believe he appeared in 80 of them. And when you look at, excuse me, let me pull up the game started. So, he again, he appeared in 80 of them uh, in 2001, 2002. He started all of those. He only did not start one of those games in the year prior to that. So it was a guy that started. He was a defensive guy. But you look at the player efficiency rating, it's 14.1. Very solid respect. And, well, it, it's it's respectable. It's tied with Marvin Williams. But then you got look at some of the other player. Uh, it's I'll tell you this. The PERs that you look at, all of those were like pretty much tied for last. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be naming any other PERs that are lower than 14.1. Okay. So P.J. Brown along this list, right? It's not exactly like you think of the Hornets list and you think of all these stars that are going to be way better. Like you think P.J. I was surprised to come to this conclusion myself. But P.J. Brown comes in at 27th, uh, one of the best Charlotte Hornets of all time, coming in at 27th. And you look at this. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised I ended up here myself, to be honest with you. Again, I'm proud of you. Thank you. You, you picked this strawberry jelly <laughs> of Charlotte Hornets at 27. Right? And if you'll and if you'll see this, I picked the strawberry jelly of the power forwards at Charlotte Hornets, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're going to label strawberry jelly to one of these power forwards that I've picked the last few days, he's the it, strawberry it, it, jelly. It, it's be yeah, yeah. I'm putting that on the poll. Yeah. That PJ Brown is the strawberry <laughs> jelly of the Charlotte Hornets power forwards. Is PG, yeah, is PG is PJ Brown the strawberry jelly? Uh, how have our polls done the last the last time we were here? The so G-Man lost, turned out to be Mike Jeminski. Right, I lost that one pretty handily. Yeah, yeah we, because yes. I mean it, it's the G-Man is Mike Jeminski. Exactly. Like that was exactly. one that was like that. almost That's fat. a bad mistake. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That's on me. But hey, interesting fact: the Kenny Gaddison is one of the uh, only players the Hornets have selected at fifty-five, which they have the fifty-fifth. Nice. Pick. They had nice connection, Doug. They had. They're not keeping it. You don't think so? You think they're going to pick at 45 and sell the 55? Yes. Yes. They're not keeping 55. And if they do, we'll come up with something weird we can do on the green screen for me. <laughs> yes. We'll run up to the green screen. That's something I want to implement real quick just so people have context. We have a green screen. And I kind of look at it every single time I come to the studio, kind of longing to do something with it. We are an audible medium here with the podcast. We can put some visual mediums out. I know we're streaming live right now on Twitter, so possibly we can do the Kenny, Kenny Smith green screen. 
at some point here and in the near future. And we can also do it on YouTube because I know we have a YouTube channel Sure, as yes, well. yes. We do have some shares of vi- visual mediums that we can go to. So P.J. Brown, the 27th best Charlotte Hornet of all time. Thank you, Mr. P.J., for your Charlotte services. All right, we'll come back and take a quick break when we do come back. It's the, the wheelhouse. Moment, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. We were excited about this. We have the... Not the player cops that you've seen in a lot of these mock drafts and these websites. We have the player hater cops. Get your PhD out. The oh, player hater degree. <laughs> we'll be back with that next here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And that was also a connection of a connection because the new Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper, looks like the guy trying to defuse the bomb at the elementary school in Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I thought looked like John Hurd, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister's dad. A.k.a. Peter McAllister. I never would have got that. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail, alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson, breaking down the Dwight Howard trade news that just came across a couple of hours ago. Again, Dwight Howard being sent to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Timothy Mozgov, two second-round picks, one this year at 45 overall, and one second-round pick in 2021, as well as some cash coming over to the Charlotte Hornets. It gets in Michael Jordan's wallet just a little bit more. Um... We'll move on to the NBA draft. It's going to take place tomorrow night. A lot of stuff to talk about with the Charlotte Hornets. Not exactly your your casual, your your usual day here in the summer for Charlotte Hornets news, but we do have the draft tomorrow night. And we have had a couple of mock drafts that this podcast has been a part of. The first one, Doug and I collabed on. With, yeah, no one called me. Yeah, no one called Nada. We wanted to see his criticism. We wanted to see what kind of reaction he would have at his favorite player being selected for his podcast. We went over. We went over his head. We went over Nada's head, and we selected Lonnie Walker. Selected Lonnie Walker at number 11 overall in the Locked On NBA mock draft. So Lonnie Walker being selected in that one. I had a chance to be a uh, participant in the Boston Globe sports mock draft, and they tweeted that out. It was pretty cool. Tweeted that out pick by pick. And I went solo on that one. I just went Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I selected him at number 11 overall. And the guys that were still available were Lonnie Walker was still available. How dare you? Um, yeah, I didn't go with your boy. There wasn't many other guys that I think were available that honestly would have really made anybody too angry. Lonnie would have made you angry, Doug. But honestly, for you, Nada, I don't think there was anybody like if, if you're taking Colin Sexton, he was he was taken already. Wow. Um, he was taken by the Cleveland Cavs at eight, which, by the way, if you're paying attention to rumors, looks like that's a very real possibility. That, that is it, a very it, real, it, real possibility, along with Shea Gil- Gil- Right, right. I, I mean, and, I, and. Trey Young apparently falling. Yeah, well, exactly. So you're seeing these point guards kind of be all meshed in one. It used to be Trey Young, Colin Sexton, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Now it seems like everybody is pushing the accordion together. I now, mean, it, now the question I do have because I know Doug's answer, but I want to know your answer. If if Young is available, you taking him? Yeah, no, that's a good question, and one that I was not really prepared for. Um, Trey Young is a great shooter. The size worries me. I mean, if you're if you're putting Trey Young alongside Malik Monk, I mean, you're giving up buckets for days with that backcourt. Yes, but oh. you are also giving buckets. Oh. Uh, you hope so. With you're Malik. giving you're giving them back. You hope so, Malik. Yes or no? I love SGA, man. If SGA and Young is available, I think I'm taking SGA. 
For shame. Yes. For shame. I'm disappointed in you. No, I and look, if they take Trey Young, I'm I'm willing to see how the experiment works out. Like again, I, I don't have some hot take for you on why Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to be way better than Trey Young. I, I recognize Trey Young's ability. They need shooting, and that would immediately dress that. I think that would be great. But my God, that defensive backcourt would just be awful. It's your bench backcourt for at least well, this year. I mean, but you're not drafting year. it for those purposes, right? I mean, you're drafting it, and as, if you can develop those guys, then fine. But they can. I mean, what, what is their? What is each of their ceilings defensively? Because that yeah. you're essentially drafting your backcourt of the future, Just right? Don't take a player that's falling. No, hard. You this know what is why I didn't that. ask you. Not a, you, you know what happens when somebody falls several stories and someone tries to break their fall and catch them? The person that catches them dies. Yes. That's what would happen to the Charlotte Hornets if they keep taking players that fall but several stories. But the other stories. guy probably lives. Exactly, of course. <laughs> it's exactly. called sacrifice, no, dog. No, Vonley's doing fine. Malik Buck's going to do fine. Meanwhile, the Charlotte Hornets are buried in mediocrity, buried in their own draft picks that fell several stories, landed on them, and killed them. You mean again? Worked well for the uh, Boston Celtics when they drafted Paul Pierce, who was "quote unquote" falling. Did it not? Trey Young going to be the next Paul Pierce. All right. Do you have any? Uh, <laughs> do you have any player comps maybe for this draft? I don't know. I'm just trying. Just wanting to pick your guy's brain. I just was interested to see if you had any kind of comparisons for these guys that are about to f- about to take place here in the first round of this NBA draft tomorrow. You guys have any comps that you'd be willing to share with the podcast? I don't have any player comps. I have some player haters comps. Oh, oh let's go. That's going to be sick. Follicle haters this side <laughs> of the Mississippi. <laughs> All right, so explain what this is, I'm Walker. So excited this is, about this. This could be a yearly tradition for this podcast. I, I like the player hater comp is, first of all, we'll take you back to how it became. So last podcast, I was trying to discuss a comp for Colin Sexton. And I described him as one of the better players in the NBA, just uh-huh. basically stylistically. Right. And then Doug comes in and says, so more like a Russell Westbrook. No, no, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up. Wait, so is that you, not right? No, you described him as Russell Westbrook, except with none of the talent of Russell Westbrook. Did it, so yeah. I, I went in on him before you did. Well, that, that's, it. that's why I right, said okay. it. You basically made him Russell Worstbrook. Well, I guess that's yeah. true. All right, so I apologize for leaving out my hate for it. But yes, that is absolutely true. I'm not shying away from that. I did kind of go in on Colin Sexton being stylistically like Russell Westbrook, except not near as good. So when you look at... Doug, he comes in, he says more like Russell Worsbrook, and that was real appropriate. So afterwards, I came up with the idea of us trying to come up with these comparisons, and then Doug comes up with the name, the player hater comps. Wait, 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 hold up, so, hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, I, I think I, I came can't up tell with the story. Why did I tell I came story? up with that name. Oh, not a, you're, you want credit the for po- the player hater see, comps. See, now yeah. we, this is where we need the pod dad. fights. fight. To, no, no, we need <laughs> no, the pod dad. I'm the referee. Walker is the pod dad. Um, I'll tell you this. I heard it from Doug, to be honest with you. I'm not here to pick sides, except for this one. I'm here to pick Doug on this oh, one. Yes. I didn't hear you say it. I heard Doug say it. Wait, again, y'all just going to put me out like that. I, I know I came up with that idea. <laughs> the player hater comp, the name player hater comps, I think has to be trademarked to Doug. Really? That's all I heard, at you, least. You know what? If I wasn't paying attention, then possibly, I don't know. That's what I heard. Can we get to some well, of these? I want to get, I wanna to, this. get to some we're, of these. We're letting all of our egos get in the way right now. Yes, My we ego are. for we're trying about to, to get traded to Brooklyn. I know. We are. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's sell it for pennies on the dollar and get some bad contract here. All right, player hater comps. Who wants to go first? Anybody got their list up? Let, let, let's let Doug go first. All right, Doug. 
I got one. It's your idea. Let's go with it. Wendell Carter Jr. right now getting a player <laughs> comp to Mo Spates. More like no weights. Oh, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Wait, wait, wait. He's wait, skinny. Wait. No weights. No yeah. weights. He's skinny. They're uh, on some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Let's no, not no. hate on. Can no, we no, just support no, 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 no. Sounder. No, give me the other sounder. I'm going to give it to you when you do your right. I know you are. No weights. I Okay. All right. All right, let's switch to the next one. We're all we're all going around the room. Yeah, um, someone else goes. Okay, okay. So, um, so I've actually got my big board here of player hater mm-hmm. cops. I've got uh, I've got a pretty good set of examples. So I've got an order. So DeAndre Ayton compared to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh huh. I like to say more like Carl Anthony frowns. <laughs> <laughs> Heehaws and hula hoops. Uh, Marvin Bagley, number two overall. He's being compared a lot to a Mari Stoudemire. Uh huh. I feel like he's more of a sorry Stoudemire. <laughs> oh man! Hey, 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 hey! Uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Maybe a Tyreek Evans type player in the NBA. Okay, oh, no. I see that. Nah, I ain't feeling that. Oh, I'm no. feeling more like a Ty Bleak Evans. <laughs> you bitches. Uh, Wendell Carter, Doug. I went with a different player comp. Sure. Al Horford. Yeah, I see a lot that. of comps. Yeah, definitely. More like Al Snorford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, 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 hey. Puts us to sleep with that lame play. Got Woo! a few more. Colin Sexton. We uh-huh. went with Russell Worsbrook. Yeah. Also, we're getting a lot of Eric Bledsoe comments. Totally comparisons strong. For him. A little short. Yeah, definitely. Eric Bledsoe, to me, Colin Sexton more like an Eric Soso. <laughs> More of an Eric Soso. Three more going later in the first round. <laughs> I'm I, out with the match. I, I, I thought about I thought about this oh, hard. Yeah. I cared about this list way more than I cared about really anything that we were going to discuss This is this is Penny Chardonnay all over. Uh, this is uh, Kevin Knox. <laughs> this is so bad. This is I might get the bad soundbite. Um, he's getting compared to Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Uh-oh. Right. Oubre. I can't. That's not a great player combat. No, it's not. There's a lot of these that are that bad. I mean, be. like Mo Spates, right? Like right. that. That's not a great one for Wendell Carter. Um, if you're thinking Kelly Oubre, I'm thinking more smelly oops Bray. <laughs> Man, you <laughs> killed me. <laughs> I figured that was bad. All right. <laughs> smelly oops Bray. Uh, Kevin Herter. <laughs> not as not as boy. Herter. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait oh, yeah, hour. player watch ha- tone, watch player, tone. Player hater comp for him. Uh, Nick Stauskas? Oh, no. More like Nick Slouchkis. Man, you corny! <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, Melvin Frazier getting compared a lot to Kent Bazemore. Uh, I'm going more like Kent Bazeless. Hoes, heifers, hee-haws, and hula hoops. Is it bad that I just forgot my list because yours was so funny? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is bad. I've got one more. I've got one more. So Col- go ahead. Uh, Colin Sexton is getting a lot of comparisons to Marcus Banks. Poor Colin Sexton. Oh, no. Marcus Banks. More like Carlton Banks. Oh! Alfonso Ruby. Pass the ball one. to Will. <laughs> Pass it. Now pass it to Nada. Nada, do you even remember some of them? No, yours was that funny. Oh, God. <laughs> we have That's... zero player comps? Wait, I want to go to Nada's tweet earlier today. Nada's tweeting AKA at me. my wheelhouse. Yeah, he it, he calls it his wheelhouse. And I completely, like literally, I, I'm not going to go off the, oh, well, you know what. DeAndre Ayton. Now the player comp is right. Michael Olua Candy, but you know what? Oh, God. It's going to be, he's more like Michael, I stole all your candy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. I hey, stole. Hey, hey, hey. And on I that one, I'm going to do my one in skate. All right. 
All right, they're very good. Not a I not a had me excited for his player hater comps and we didn't get him. We didn't get to him today. So again, uh, that that concludes really the player hater comps for today and the Dwight Howard news. I hate you. I don't even know you, and I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. Well deserved by me. Yeah. <laughs> well deserved. That was yeah. That was for Nada. Yeah. That was well deserved. That was strictly for Nada. Uh, real quickly, do we have one that stuck out enough to put on a, a best one of? Like what the favorite one of for these people? It, it might be the it might be the Doncic Ty Bleak Evans Ty Bleak Evans that might be the best one you don't, that you was got, fantastic you guys don't you know you I guys, can't vote for my own you guys don't like smell all right, right. all right I'm own. gonna vote for my own uh, Carlton Banks Marcus Banks come no, on no that's a good one or you could just go I mean how how much of it is it already being a hater by just saying Marcus Banks is, yeah yeah is the hater yeah. I mean what did Marcus I would like to know Marcus Banks stats in the NBA let's see what Marcus Banks did in the NBA like that might already be enough that's like the jeff green comp yeah <laughs> well, comp not even is. like marcus bank wow a longer career than i even thought yeah no marcus banks had had, had a fairly long all right of, he got to 10 points a, a couple marcus times banks slander on here a lot of marcus banks i apologize marcus um that'll do it for the player hater comps dwight howard being traded to the brooklyn nets for timothy mozgov a couple of second round picks as well as some cash coming over to the charlotte hornets again they will get the 45th overall pick in tomorrow's draft, along with the 11th that they held uh, from their lottery odds because of the way that they finished this regular season. So we'll see if they are going to trade it. Of course, Mitch Kupchak referenced in that press conference he had yesterday as well that he wasn't. So we'll see what happens with this trade that goes down tomorrow night. A lot of news to break down today. We'll get more of the um, tra- or the NBA draft discussion on Friday. And we'll see who uh, pick who the Charlotte Hornets pick at number eleven overall. And check out the feed too, because we might drop some instant reaction after what goes down right. on on oh, Thursday. All right, sounds good. We might drop some instant reactions, so stay tuned to the feed and uh, keep up with us at the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thanks for listening to us. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back to recap the draft on Friday.